This is part two of our series on curses and generational patterns. In this episode, we dive into generational patterns, also known as generational curses, and take a look. Could you be a generational pattern breaker? Find out. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Okay, Jay, we're back with part two of curses and generational patterns. I'm so excited. I'm really excited about this part. Okay. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and listen first because you're going to need some of that information to set you up to understand this element. Right. Exactly. If you've already listened, buckle up. We've got some more exciting stuff to talk about. (laughs) Exactly. Let's talk about generational patterns. Mm -hmm. These are also, I hear them referred to a lot as generational curses or generational trauma. Um, All mean the same. I like to say pattern only because I think some people are resistant to the word trauma and they're obviously a lot of people are probably resistant to the word curse too. So I think that if you, I just think it's more inclusive. If you say pattern, people are more likely to self-identify. Agreed. And I also think like, if you listen back to last week's on what a curse really is, I think that using pattern is a way better explanation than just saying curse because it makes it sound like it's something that like, you're powerless to in a way. Right. Some witch cursed your family line a thousand years ago. Right. So you're just doomed to live with that curse. Right. right. Like right. Exactly. what's the point? Yeah. So that's why, yeah, that's why I think pattern is, is better. I also think that traumas become kind of like a buzzword that everyone likes to use for everything. And I, I love that trauma is more talked about. I very much like that, but I also hear people misuse the word trauma a lot. So yeah, I agree. Before I get into what a generational pattern or generational curse really is, Mm -hmm. I want to say that you can find this in Christianity and in most religions everywhere. Right. In Christianity, basically any kind of a curse that the idea of what a curse was, was just kind of like rewritten as a sin. Yes. Good point. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about how, remember in last week's episode where there was the tablet that wrote down all of the things and they were like tracked. Right. That sort of idea of like coming and speaking them and saying how you've been wronged and that like, you know, you, and that there's like some sort of punishment somewhere for someone going against that. Like that whole thing is kind of what you see developed into sins in Christianity. Yeah, it opens the doorway very nicely for people to have to be accountable for their sins and either have to fix them and pay back or or suffer the consequences. Yeah. So curses were specifically generational curses are a part of Christianity. You mm-hmm. can even hear them referred to as generational curses in Christianity. But what they refer to is if someone in your family doesn't act against God or rebels against God, it puts a curse on the whole family. That's how it's used in some parts of Christianity. Right. Agreed. Now that is used as a way to in, like incite fear so that you can control people. Right. Yep. Yeah. Not really what a generational curse is, at least in the way that we're going to talk about it. Right. Exactly. But I know for a lot of people, they've been educated about curses and stuff through that lens that I want to start there to say like, that's not what it is. No, it's not. It's also not because some witch was mad at your three times great grandmother. Right. (laughs) Right. Also not what it is. So if you're coming into this thinking like, yeah, generational curses, I've got a bunch, and that's how you were thinking of them, please stay and find out what it really is. Because if you want to change them, you need to know what it really is first. And it's not that. Right. And it might, if you believe that, right, that your family is cursed for addiction or for a loveless lives or 
whatever. We might be shaking you up a little bit with this, but hopefully at the end, what you're going to hear is that it's actually, you're actually more in charge of fixing it than having to like find the witch's <laughs> descendants and, and, and uncurse yourself. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to go on this epic journey around the world to break the curse. It's actually something that you can manage. Yeah. You don't need to go get like the hair of a toad's third. Right. <laughs> like you don't need to go get a bunch of obscure ingredients to put in a, a brew. <laughs> right. You don't exactly. need to drink some awful thing. You don't need to, I mean, I think chanting's cool, but that's probably really not going to help in this instance. Like right. that's not what you were. That's not what you need to do. You're being misguided. If that's what you're being told. There's actually something a lot, I think, easier, but you might find hard, and we'll, we'll talk about why you might find that hard, to do yeah. to remove the curse. Right, exactly. Let's talk about what it really is and why we like generational pattern. Um, I also like the term generational cycle, mm-hmm. meaning the yeah. same thing, because I really think that um, what you're looking to do is to break a a cycle of behavior or a cycle of uh, the same thing occurring, right? If you're, if you're looking at this. Yep. Okay. So there's a lot of definitions and a lot of people explaining what this is. There's one that I really, really liked and it's by Danielle Eugene, who is an assistant professor of social work. Okay. And her definition is that generational patterns or generational curses It's a negative cycle or behavior pattern, practice, or mindset that is passed on or transmitted from generation to generation. Nailed it. So a negative cycle of behavior, like a a behavioral pattern, a practice, a negative cycle of a practice, of a mindset that keeps going through generations, that's what this is. And that's what we're referring to. Right. It's just learned behavior, but like, but dysfunctional behavior. Yeah. And here's why people aren't going to like that definition. (laughs) It's not very woohoo sounding. It's not very crazy magical sounding, but like how many times do we have to say it and spoiler alert I know. Looking at intuition is looking at human behavior. Like when people are like, oh, you're an intuition and ego expert and you study human behavior too. Interesting. I'm like, no. (laughs) Same thing. It's the same thing. Right. Right. It's just been sort of kidnapped. Like we, we talked about this in the last episode of like making something you don't understand to other and weird and different and trying to make it like creepy or whatever. It's not. It's I mean, that's a lot what this more whole podcast is about, is about making intuition accessible and helping people realize that everyone's intuitive and everyone can use it to improve their lives. Yeah. And guess what? With this definition, right? if you are like, you know what? I want to break some of these cycles or patterns. Yep. That is you being intuitive. That's you doing intuitive work. Yes, exactly. Right. That's what intuitive work is. Is it also like using energy and things like that? Yeah, you're probably going to use all that. It right. just depends what terminology you use to see how woohoo you feel about it. But we have to stop making these concepts seem like, oh, you know, in order to remove this curse, you know, I need to get like a, a whatever rare plant and stir it in a stew with a dead cricket or something. Like, no, that's right. not – no, that's ridiculous. It's It's much – simpler and harder than that. Exactly. It is simpler and harder because you have to put more work in it. You can't, you can't place the blame outside of yourself because you have to be responsible for your actions. So either you follow the pattern, you follow the dysfunctional cycle or you break it. And and so, but that's where you have to be responsible. Either way, you're making a choice. Exactly. Exactly. Again, Everything that in this topic category comes down to your own views of power. Right. And people here, if you're listening, you might not consider yourself super intuitive, but I bet that you're a person that's been called the black sheep of the family. Or I bet you're someone who's like, you know, you, you shake things up. You're a pot stirrer. Like that's, those are qualities of someone 
who is breaking generational patterns. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody go on a tangent about how this might be too specific, but I think you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm not intuitive, but I love the butt, right? Yeah. Right. I, I'm my own person. I'm not going to do what anyone else tells me to do. But, 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 and I'm yes. just, I always laugh at that. And I'm like, right. no, you're describing intuition. You're describing, or when someone, says, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just can't like do that thing that I, that doesn't feel good. I can't just, you know, do that job my parents wanted me to, or go to that school that someone else told me to. I just can't do it. Like exactly. you, you're, just describing an intuitive person. We're yeah. led by our feelings. And if our feelings don't align with what we want or what's happening in our lives, if they, that doesn't line up, we fall apart. We cannot function. And right. it's it's less heroic than we'd like to think, I think, to be a generational curse breaker. It's kind yeah. of just by design, you have to. You can't sort of fake it. Exactly. So we'll get into we'll get into the curse breakers. But I want to give some examples of these patterns and curses because I want I want you to think about what they really are, not the woohoo version. Okay. So a common some common examples of generational patterns are divorce in your family, yep. addiction, having different addictions passed through the family, unhealthy romantic relationships. Yep. And I'm not a huge fan of this term, but this is how I saw it labeled toxic parenting. Okay. Yep. So meaning like the way that you're parenting is not a very healthy way to be a parent. And then that's sort of like passing through. Yeah, no, I would definitely put that on the list. Yeah. So again, toxic parenting sounds a little, I don't love that idea, but it's sort of like having an unhealthy relationship with your kids or maybe not having one at all would fall under the category of toxic parenting. Yep. Okay. I I think I just have an extra sensitive like alarm that goes off when it sounds like anyone's shaming a parent. (laughs) Right. Right. But I, I think that that can really be the, I think if you're talking about like patterns moving down through generations, if you're, if you're an, unhealthy person that's trying to parent, if you've been modeled unhealthy behaviors, then toxic parenting or whatever you want to call it is going to be a really fast way to send um, dysfunction down the family line. Exactly right. Exactly right. I think it's a very common curse or pattern. Yeah, right. I agree. Okay. So when you see these in families, and it may, it definitely occurs in your family. Everybody has a generational pattern or six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one is like, I'm free of all of them. No. It really just the amount that you have in the, also the degree in severity of it that you have is right. also, yeah. is also just depends on how many curse breakers or pattern breakers came before you. Good point. Correct. Okay. So for example, some of the generational patterns in my family were easy for me to break because like my mother had done a lot of breaking of it. My grandmother had done a lot of breaking of it. So for me, it was sort of just like this kind of loose chain that I just snapped. Like it was real easy. And there were others that were really hard because no work had really been done on them. Exactly. The point is that it's not like this random one, oh, that person's got all these generational patterns and curses. Literally everybody has them. Right. Yes. In addition, when you look at sort of the study of generations and and the study of like the different people that come along and like what they had to deal with. Right. When you look at really, it hasn't been that long. Maybe there's been maybe three generations of parenting where there was space for people to actually parent. Do you know what I mean? Like not just survival, not just like have a kid and they work on the farm. Like, I mean like really be able to parent children has not been going on for very many generations. Correct. Agreed. The space to do work on yourself and change who you are. Now that's been happening forever. Like there's so many stories. We all love, it's, it's basically the hero's journey, right? You can, we could do a whole episode on that. Like that, 
the whole archetype, the circle of what that story is. It's basically every movie you love is based on that, right? Like that story has been going on for a long time, but as far as like having time to sit down in space and means to decide and carve out the life that you want is also relatively new. Yes. Agreed. You know what I mean? Was it possible before? Yes. Were we dealing with all this stuff before? Of course. But when you're looking like probably if you go four generations above you and you were able to communicate with that ancestor, they wouldn't really have had much parenting done. No, exactly. You know what I'm trying to say? Yep, absolutely. So when people are like, why is there so much breaking going on? That's one of the big reasons is that we're actually of a generation that can. And like the generation now that's like our kids' generation, Jay, I, I see them like, breaking curses in their sleep. Like they are amazing. And it's because the curse has been being broken for them. It's been worn down and they're like snapping so many of them. They're not putting up with any more of this stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and they're also like, if you can go check out this episode too, like they're indigos, they're, they're crystals, they're rainbows. Like that's their destiny. Like astrologically it's time for change. Like there's a lot of factors that are going in to allow now being the time where so much breaking is happening. Yeah. You can look energetically at what's been going on and you can understand that the, the kids now that are the children of like you and I's generation. Right. were meant to do this work. Like they were created for it. So most of us are indigos, right? Correct. Indigo's job is to like break down the wall and then the crystals and the rainbows are supposed to walk through and go, this is the other way. So it's just, it, that's exactly how the pattern goes. So it, that also makes sense. And you can see how much easier it is for them. Not that it's not a struggle, but you can see that the mindset, the energy of who they are as people is very different. Yeah. And you know, they were parented by a generation who was parented. Right. Now, there's not all of us, but I mean, <laughs> parents of the eighties and nineties, I'm not saying had all the answers, but they right. were probably, our parents were probably the first generation that was really thinking about how they wanted us raised and how we wanted to feel. Exactly. Okay. There were commercials that said, do you know where your children are? <laughs> On TV. I mean, I- I am your classic prototype of like the eighties latchkey child. Like that was, I am the poster child for that. I am the poster child for being raised by June Cleaver. You, you really are. You really let that was the opposite of a child. Both of us had issues. So it's, there's no, (laughs) right. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying like, however you were raised, like my mom didn't need the commercial to remind her of it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying like their, their generation, even as a latchkey kid, Jay, your father put a lot of thought into the environment he wanted you raised in and the environment he didn't want you raised in. Absolutely. He put a ton of effort and energy into that. A lot of his life was dedicated to that. So that is a parenting thing that like our parents who raised us yep. that way didn't have. They didn't get that. Exactly. No. So what I'm saying is like, it, it's all been building for that. So yep. the fact that our generation and, you know, Jamie and I are in our late thirties and early forties, no need to say exactly how old, but we're in that range. <laughs> that, so if that's where you are too, or maybe you're older or, or younger than that, you can sort of gauge what sort of side of that you're on. But our parents right. were certainly putting some of this down for us, 100%. Yep. So it just keeps going and more things snap easily and lead us to a place where you see like the fall of the patriarchy starting because people are breaking this stuff. Exactly. Okay. So in your family, you have these. So first things first, look, look at your family, anything that goes beyond two generations. Okay. I'll even say two generations and beyond that the Mm -hmm. same thing happens and it can skip a generation. Absolutely. If you see that happening, that is a generational pattern. So that means if it happened to you and your parent or further back. Exactly right. Okay. It could have also happened to your parent and your grandparent. 
And it may have started with you and you broke it. Okay. You didn't do the thing. That is what we're talking about. What you also see in there that I didn't mention in this category, because it's a little, it's sort of like a sidestep of it is like religion. So if you were, if, if all of your ancestors were raised in this religion and then you left the religion, you would be considered a generational pattern breaker. Yeah, that would, yep. That tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Same. If you, you can also break generational patterns that people would consider good. So I wanted to talk about this. So there'll be people who will be like, oh, there's no divorce in my family for 10 generations until me. And they think that they're breaking a good pattern, but most likely that's not true. Right. Exactly. Divorce is not necessarily a, a pattern that's bad. No, not if you come from a family that's been suffering in marriages that aren't healthy or safe. Yeah. Like we need to get away from the narrative that like, if you end a relationship, that that's bad. If you end a relationship because it wasn't working for you or your partner, that's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, our parents' generation got married in a time where women weren't even allowed to have a credit card or a bank account in their name unless their father or husband signed off on it. So if you're wondering why there's so much more divorce now, that's why. Right. You had to get married to have any sort of adult financial freedom, any any life to be in control of. You needed a man. And you couldn't leave. By law. Like you needed a man by law. Yeah. And you couldn't leave. So if you were in a marriage that wasn't going well, how, how were you going to survive? You couldn't get your own credit card. You couldn't get a bank account in your name. Right. There's no way. So how, why, it would be very difficult to leave is my point. Now yeah. that's not the case. So it's easier. So that's why there's more divorce, not because there's something wrong with the generations. It's something really right with it. Exactly. Right. Okay. We need to stop shaming people for getting divorced and saying it's like hurting their kids or whatever. No, no, no. Please end that. So I'm including divorce in this, but I don't want you to hear it as me saying divorce is negative. I don't believe that. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, Addiction. So a lot of people get kind of like strange around this one because they're like, but that's hereditary. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Because all of these are hereditary to be honest, are there genes passed on that are linked to this? And there's not a gene passed on that's linked to divorce or unhealthy parenting or toxic relationships. Right. That's true. There is a gene involved here. There's a genetic component to this one. Yes. Yes. Do I think the more research we do on DNA, the more you're going to go, oh, maybe there was a gene. Yes, I do. Because we have proven that trauma passes through your DNA. So. I was just going to say that you can trace trauma through through DNA and how it affects DNA. L- trauma literally alters DNA. Exactly. Okay. So let's say you have a parent that had an addiction issue and their parent had an addiction issue and their uncle had an addiction issue. You have a curse that you have traced back three generations before you. Right it most likely goes further back than you're aware of. So if you're like, oh, it's only this, people weren't like noting their shitty behavior. So like if there's something like that, you're not going to know, but chances are it's, it's a big one. And it's important to understand that this passing through the bigger and longer it is. And the more it kept passing, the harder it is to break. Right. Exactly. Also, if you were raised by an absent parent or a parent with maybe some sort of issue that they had that made them be unkind or abusive to you or gaslight you or whatever, whatever form that took, <laughs> not only do you have that like generational curse, but it was also taught to you that that's how you parent and you have a ton of beliefs around being parenting like that or in the opposition of that, not parenting in an intuitive way. Does that make sense? Yes. So let's say you had a parent that, um, you know, gaslit you, you had a narcissistic 
let's say you had a narcissist, a narcissistic mother and she mm-hmm. gaslit you all the time and she made you feel bad for your own feelings. And you always had to like do all this stuff to make, keep yourself safe to like protect her mood and her feelings and all this kind of stuff. And you really right. lacked because of it. You might then parent in the exact opposite way of that. And you right. might never say your beliefs. You might always put yourself last. You you might give your kid everything they ever asked for to not let like them feel that way, but you're still passing on the curse or the pattern. Right. Because it's not healed. You're just you're just sort of throwing it in the opposite direction, but you're not healing it. Yes. So people who are raised by people like that tend to become people pleasers, right? Yeah. So a people pleaser parent is passing on the same generational pattern as if you were also a narcissist yourself. Exactly. And it's hard because you're also a child who's grown to be an adult who's now a parent, but you're also doing that with your own trauma inside of you. Like that's why it's not so quote unquote, easy to just break the pattern because you're experiencing it. It's not just a story you're hearing about, like you're living with that trauma, you're living with the abuse. Yeah. And all the beliefs you formed about having a parent child relationship are based on that. You know, it's, you don't have like people who people like me who were raised in a home with two parents, very present with a very loving, kind relationship who treated me amazingly, it's incredibly unfair of me to judge a parent who didn't have that to judge any parent. But do you know what I mean? Like I have no concepts of their beliefs and they have no concepts of mine. Right. So it's, it's this thing that we do where it's really, really unfair. And I think that's why people like you and I, and people who are like us, like if you're empathic, if you feel other people's stuff, okay. Right. We want to be around other people who are that way. And what people who aren't that way feel so abrasive to us energetically is because it's like we already see sort of why people are the way that they are. Right. And not, we have and the- not making excuses for abusive parents, but that we can see, like we can see the pattern. So we understand yeah. why it happens. We don't look at that and go, I could never do that. I don't understand how anyone could do that. Like we might think that, but we go further. Right. We, we might not like that. We might fight against that. We might not like that person. Absolutely. But we also have the knowledge that something was handed to that person that caused it. And it's not, it's not that thing where we're like, Oh, I can't even imagine it. Right. It's, it's like when people have these really strict beliefs and they're like really against, you know, paid maternity leave to be longer than one minute. And then they become a mother and they're like, oh, wait, you should have maternity. Now that this affects me, I get that. That's why people like that feel really hard to empaths because we already have that feeling. We don't need to be it ourselves is my point. Exactly. Exactly that. It's a different way of viewing the world. And when you're talking to people who don't view the world that way, it's very confusing. We don't understand. And it it makes us think that, why are you being so blind? Why are you being so hateful and mean? And the other person doesn't know they are. Exactly. Right. Because they don't have the ability to empathize. Exactly. This is also why empaths and intuitive people are the breakers of these things. Exactly. We'll get more into that in a minute, but I wanted to bring up after the break, we're going to take a quick break, but I wanted to bring up a TikTok that you sent me. Yes. About using a a pop culture reference, somebody in the news right now that you all know, two people showing the curse. I think it's super interesting. So I want to bring that up. Okay. And then I want to, I want to talk about being the breaker of these things. If if you're still listening, you are 100% one. If you nodded your head yes to anything, you are definitely one. And get into that too and talk about what that's like and why it happens. And sometimes the really small scales it happens in and the weird, bizarro thing that happens where when you marry into a different family, you end up breaking some of those curses sometimes too. Good point. Yep. Enter a friend group, enter a job. You could be breaking curses somewhere that are not in your familiar line. All right. So we'll be right back with all of that. Okay. We'll be right back after this short break. 
right, Heather, it's season four. We're here for another season and we still have our favorite sponsor, Restoration Coffee. What coffee are you drinking these days, Jay? It goes back and forth between a Rachel and a Paige. I'm still drinking my Americanos. So if you want a fantastic cup of coffee to go with listening to the IGG or any other podcast that you might listen to, check out Restoration Coffee. You can go to their website. It's restoration-coffee.com. Check it out and tell them that the Intuitive Girl sent you. Yeah, can't go wrong. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki. So I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, Heather, this week we are obsessed. It's not a TikTok, actually. Well, I mean, I'm sure I've seen TikToks on it, but (laughs) I've seen a lot lately as we're recording this. (laughs) The time of recording, the world is falling apart. Still, and and even more. (laughs) Right. So as we're recording this, Russia has just declared war on the Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So- and what I've seen in sort of what we call our community <laughs> is that we've seen a lot of spiritual bypassing. And I thought that would be something that you and I could talk about so that people understand what it is and why we cannot let it stand. Yes, please. I, I think explaining what it is is going to make people go like, oh, right. Yes, I see that. Because there's sort of a, a weird appeal to allowing yourself to do it. It's like a cop out in a way. Exactly. Um, so spiritual bypassing, um, it's, I mean, the technical definition is like a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, wounds, or unfinished developmental tasks. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the, you know, the technical term, but really what it is, if, if you're just seeing it online, it's basically like the love and light bullshit. That's how I, that's how I, <laughs> consider it like anyone who you see that's like using spirituality as an excuse to avoid dealing with like the actual realities of things that's spiritual bypassing you see this with people who don't want to look at an issue and they kind of claim that they're too sensitive to deal with it and I don't just mean like they're setting boundaries and protecting themselves from it but they're like oh I can't even hear about the Russia Ukraine thing I can't even listen to it I just block myself off from from it because I'm too sensitive I feel like that is something you see a lot yeah it's like that good vibes only like exactly I mean it's it's happened forever but like like very recent examples would be like not looking into like the George Floyd issue like BLM looking at other people's civil rights the civil rights unrest here in this country and all over the world like when you're actively avoiding something and you're using spirituality to almost like gaslight people about it that's the bypassing and I've seen it with especially lately because as we've said before America just had its Pluto return where things are going to go up into upheaval we've spoken about it like it's going to be a tumultuous time And of course, right as that hits, Russia invades Ukraine. But you see people who are like, well, you know, this is all a part of the Pluto return. This is what this is what we knew was going to happen. This is what we need for the planet to up level and evolve. But there are people dead on the ground. I mean, there are people dying. You can't ignore that just as a cost of this like spiritual up leveling. Yeah, you can't turn away from other people's pain because of that. That's not, that's not okay. You can't, what was the example that you gave Jay? Like someone was just like, Oh, it's just the card, this, the tower card, or it's just the, someone was like, this is big, like tarot card energy. This is the card. This is the energy that you see with the Pluto return um, or, or, or any sort of astrological event like that, you know, with the tower card, there's going to be death and destruction. Like that's part of the energy of the card. Well, okay. Yeah. Like that does happen when cycles end, but it doesn't mean that you ignore the fact that there are people 
literally living in a war zone and that need help. Yeah. It, it really isn't that different if I just walked up and punched you in the face and blamed like Mercury retrograde or something. Right. Exactly. Or like I, you, you called me and I hung up the phone and I was like, oh, sorry, it's Mercury retrograde. But really, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Like that's such a small skill, but here's the thing. If you're a sensitive, empathic, intuitive person, it sucks to, to hear about this stuff. It's awful. Right. We lay awake at night thinking about it. Don't we all? Isn't that fun? Another thing. Right. And you feel right. helpless. Like how am I supposed to do about this? Right. But right. it isn't about going like, okay, then I should probably suffer about it. It's about making sure that you're still paying attention and that you're not turning away and that you're not still asking yourself what you can do and how you can check in. And like, you still have to do those things. Right. Because if you're working the whole entire time to protect your own emotions and to protect your feelings about it, because it feels too big for you, that's ego. That's not intuition. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's just you not being healed. Like, if right. you, when you heal your stuff, you be, you become able to set boundaries. You learn how to shift in and out of that. It's okay to distract yourself. No one's asking you to, you know, stop enjoying anything because there's a bad thing happening. That happens to some people. That's not healthy either. Right. Like right. Right. it's just about going like, I can, I can pay attention. I can learn. I can find ways that I can do something that I can right. speak out, that I can understand something more, I can do that. So that's what I'll do, right? It, it's right. You have to pay attention to that. You have to keep asking yourself that question, even if it's a little torturous, because otherwise it's unfair. And when it comes to you, when you need something and everyone around, you're like, why is everyone you know running away when I'm suffering? Because that's what people do, right? right? Well, you did the same thing, right? <laughs> like you, you right. have to hold yourself enough, I don't know, would you say accountable is the word? Yeah. 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 You have to be accountable and you have to be responsible. Yeah, for sure. Your spirituality should be used to help you heal and to help you heal others. It should never be used to bypass or to skip something that feels yucky. Yeah. That's just fear anyways. Like you said, that's just your ego. Right. I love the term. It's perfect. Yeah, I think once I think a term like that is helpful because we see people do it all the time. But once you can put a name on something like that, it's a lot easier to identify and then work and work to make sure you're not doing it. Exactly. Exactly. So. I like that. So yeah, just just note it. You know, it's fine for someone to compare the Tower Tarot card to this, but it's not okay to just stop there and then be dismissive. Right. It's not. It's not okay to use it as an excuse for loss of life. Right. And even if you know that's going on and you're like, I don't want to think about it. I only think about good things. That does not work. That's bullshit. So skip. No, and you're not helping anybody or yourself. (laughs) You're really, you're really hurting yourself. In fact, right. Denying negative, quote unquote, negative emotions is not healthy. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So clock that and let us know if you guys see it, some of examples of it, all of that good stuff. Absolutely. All right, Jay, let's go into this TikTok example that you sent me that I thought was perfect for this topic. Yeah, it's really accurate. Okay. So the TikToker who put this out is awesome. I actually went back and watched a bunch of her other stuff, but her name on TikTok is Official Chinez, I think is how you say it. So the word official and then it's C-H-I-N-E-Z. My apologies to you if I said it wrong, but very cool stuff about generational curses and patterns and trauma. I I think like check her out, but she did a couple of TikToks that you sent me on Kim and Kanye. Which I would never think that we would be talking about Kim and Kanye and certainly not like defending Kim Kardashian, but I think that this is really, really a great example of do actually just doing the work. I think this is the first TikTok you've ever sent me about a Kardashian just to like yeah. paint a picture. <laughs> I tried to stay just so far away from it. It just feels like such a no. machine that I just try to stay away from it. It is, but it is a machine and it is the fact that it's a machine makes it a perfect example here. I think exactly. because everyone, unfortunately we all know about this, right? Right. And it, it's such a, 
interesting example of like all of this happening around the Pluto return because it just represents so many different things that I could get into. I won't get into all of it, but it's really to me a fascinating like case study. Exactly. Okay. So this TikTok is a, again, there's two parts to it. One part is about kind of Kim really working on a lesson and doing shadow work. Very cool. The other part is explaining Kanye's clear generational pattern that he's continuing currently. Exactly. So I thought they would be good examples to use because most people know a little bit about their story anyways. Right. And we're not like, we're not blowing up anybody's spot. Like this is public information. Public information. And we are not pretending that we know Kim and Kanye because we currently don't. Although we would definitely be willing to have some sort of meal with either of them, mostly just for our own fascination. Yeah, they could just come on the podcast and we could talk about breaking generational patterns with them. Yes, exactly. Okay. So Kanye is an example of someone passing on a generational pattern right now. And actually Kim being the trying to break that for her children. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. So Kanye West's mother was the person who raised him. His father, we know from what Kanye has said yep. was an absent parent. Yep. Kanye refers to her as uh, refers to him as someone who would like show up, give him a bunch of like items and money and be like, I don't, who knows where he got the money from sort of hinting that it was like maybe in some sketchy way he was getting money. Right. Yep. Okay. Now the point isn't me bashing Kanye's father. I, I don't mean that, but it's clear that Kanye's father was not a stable parent. Right. That Kanye's father came and went and didn't have like a traditional sort of way of earning money or career. Exactly. Okay. As a result, Kanye's mother had to do so much and really took on the role of trying to like stroke his creative genius and have that be who he became. Yes, exactly. Okay. So you look at the energy of this and you see what's happening with Kanye now with his family and you see him repeating the pattern of his father. Exactly. So now he's not mentally well. Okay. He's not around as a parent. He's saying some really upsetting things like there's not a lot of times where I would be like dying on the hill of like let me protect Kim Kardashian but when it comes to this Kanye stuff I would fight on her side any day of the week for this like as a mother no 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 this is I mean he's crossed into like very dangerous um abusive territory like in a in a very public domain and we're, we're watching it play out and a lot of people are using it as sort of fodder for you know gossip and um clicks you know and likes but it really feels like you're watching the abuse the domestic violence happen in front of you yeah and like a weird in the tabloids way that i sit there and think like how many women is this triggering who have been through this and it's nothing's happening to kanye like it's Right. I don't want to say it's socially acceptable. I don't, I don't think it's quite that far, but it's, everyone certainly allows it. You know, you look at someone like Britney Spears who is stuck in a conservatorship for her mental health issues, but she wasn't threatening to kill anybody. No, I mean, I think people are making a lot of excuses for him about some really, really problematic behavior. Agreed. So you see Kanye now being an, an absentee parent, bringing, some trauma to his children, like he talked about his father doing. And you see Kim having to step in. And so a lot of people compare energetically, uh, North is the oldest daughter's name, I think, right? To Kanye. Yep. Okay. I, I am not saying that she has any mental health issues. I don't think anyone's saying that. I just think energetically you see a lot of things in common between her and her father. Yep. You also see Kim trying to stroke her creative genius. And when I looked into this, I was Googling things. 
Yeah. And she's talking about, there's a lot of examples of Kim talking about North's artistic abilities and showing pictures that she's drawn. Um, They're on social media and like an account that she has with like clearly trying to like help her use what she has. Right. Which is exactly what happened to Kanye with his mother. Do you think that Kanye, I mean, I know Kanye is not well, right. But do you think he sees that? I, I wonder, I don't think he sees it. He thinks no. he's like so much more successful, right? That his dad, you know, he, he, you know, he's a billionaire or whatever. You know what I mean? So he probably doesn't even correlate the two. No, I, I think also think that that leads me to the point that I'm going to make about how you break these things. And that's you, you do work on yourself and you don't right. blame other people. Right. Right. Here's the thing. You can blame other people, but you can't only blame other people. <laughs> like, right. You can't just say, oh, you know, Kanye can't just say it's this is all Kim's fault. It's because of Kim that all of this is happening. And that makes it okay. Right. Like, I'm not saying that Kim doesn't have a hand in the end of their marriage or anything, but you acting like an absolute fool and saying awful, scary things about killing the mother of your children and The, remember the whole rant he went on about how they should have aborted North or they were going to or something that like she'll yep. someday hear, right? Exactly. Like you can't blame that on anybody else, buddy. Right. Exactly. Right. And But the first step to breaking the pattern is to even just acknowledge that it exists. And I don't think he even sees it. Exactly. Because he's not doing the shadow work. Exactly. Again, we have a whole episode on shadow work if you'd like to look at it. But shadow work is literally just leaning into the things that you view as negative about yourself, that you view as powerless about yourself and and growing. Like it's doing work on yourself. That's all of that is shadow work. So if you aren't willing to go like, I need to grow here. I need to learn something. I need a resource. I need to understand this. I, I need to shift this story that I have. If you're not doing that, that right. you are taking whatever generational pattern is given to you and passing yes. it right on down the line. Exactly. Here's why empathic, intuitive people who listen to this podcast are listening, going like, oh, I'm I'm the breaker of these. I see these. You probably look at other people and notice them, <laughs> right? Definitely. Like, I'll, Definitely. I, people tell me, you know, things going on in the, their life and their story and they mention things. And like, my brain is mapping it. I, it just happens like intuitively it, it stands out to me. And I think that probably right. has a lot to do with what the way my intuition is designed, but like you notice it, you see it and other people are like, huh, interesting, but yep. it highlights to you. And you also are the person who stops a lot of these things in your family. So I want to talk about why it's you, what it, what it feels like to do it, and how to kind of navigate it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, most people who are breaking these curses are empathic, like we said, intuitive, like we said, but also have that natural leadership quality to them. That's a good point. That's true. So there are a lot of highly intuitive, highly empathic people who aren't designed to change course. They're not the rebels. They're not the people like you and I who just don't fit in anyway. We have to kind of go our own way. That's not usually the archetype. And it doesn't mean you have to be like the biggest bossy pants ever and the leader of all the things. But it, I do mean that you, <laughs> that's me, um, you can be that. But you could that's also right. just be someone who, like you put how you feel and how you judge like the spaces you put yourself in and what you go for in, in life. Like you put a high priority on that and you won't compromise to a point. Exactly. I think I see that so much on TikTok. I see people all the time now going no contact. And I don't yes. I don't think that these people like a lot of the people I see talking about this, I don't think they would ever consider themselves as intuitive. It's not like it's not on that like sort of like witch talk side of TikTok that I get on sometimes. This is just like regular everyday people. But they're all like so many people have just decided like I'm no I'm not having contact with you anymore. I'm, liter- I'm literally it's not safe to even have a relationship with you. 
And those are the people who just won't allow it to stand anymore. Yeah. The more powerful you allow yourself to be, and I'm wording it that way because I think we call some people powerful and some people not powerful, but like you're not just born powerful. I think maybe you have personality traits that make it easier or harder and circumstances that make it easier or harder, but anyone can be powerful, right? It just means like you're, you believe you're, you're steering the ship, right? Right. The more powerful you become, the more no contact moments you have, the more curses, the more curses you break, the more patterns you interrupt 100%. Yep. I love it. I would also say people who can't pretend. Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) I know you're laughing because you're that that person. I am too. Like, even if I wanted to pretend, my face will betray me. I can't. Like, I – and this is what I mean. The fake dynamics and going along with the fake showy – This is like, oh, look, this is how we are. Like, this is what people want. So let's do it. We are not designed for that. We are, I find it repulsive. As soon as I feel somebody trying to make me act a way to present to people something that doesn't feel authentic to me, I don't know what it is. And everyone has a different reaction. I think it depends on your fight or flight, (laughs) to be honest. But I'm fighting. I go right into being like heated and like, I mean, they have to remove myself or we're having an argument. Right. And to your point, my face, I wasn't designed for it, but my face was never built. <laughs> like my, my face betrays me at every turn because it, it, my expression and my feelings just live there. I mean, it's, I'm, and I'm, and I'm not, I am no longer willing to expend the energy to hide it anymore. Oh, can you say that again? <laughs> I'm no longer willing to expend the energy to hide it anymore. I spent a lot of time as a former people pleaser. That's what you have to do, right? You have to like hide what your real thoughts or feelings or reactions are to things. And I'm just not willing to give that much energy to that. No, especially if the intention is like that. Let's make everyone believe this lie. I... There's nothing in my being. If you're like, your life depends on it, Heather, I'll just be like, well, just kill me now. There's no no way I can go along with it. Even if I wanted to, I cannot do it. In fact, it's so bad, Jay, that like even before I've completely clocked it happening, my body starts to react. Like I start to get a stomachache or a headache or like a buzzing in my ear to like get the F out of there. I go stiff, like my, my back goes stiff and, I, and I'm on like instant alert. Exactly. So yeah, even a physical reaction in your body, like there's no way I could pretend. And my point is like, it's not like a super heroic action on my part. I literally just can't do it. No, no. Yeah. It's an instinctive response, I believe. Yes. So if you are the black sheep of your family, the family weirdo, the one that maybe caused everyone to not be so close anymore because you wouldn't stand for somebody treating somebody else a certain way, right? Like if that's you, you're a generational pattern breaker or curse breaker. Exactly. And it's not always easy. It's it's rarely easy. It's rarely fun. But there is something freeing and empowering in knowing that, like, A, you're living more of a life that you want to actually live. And personally, I feel like I can take people being mad at me or being disappointed in me or whatever. If I know that if, like, I have my own sense of personal integrity, like, I know I did the right thing, that's enough. It's enough Absolutely. I have to say that most of the time... I was taking a brave stand in causing trouble. It was for the protection of someone else. Agreed. Same. I'm, for me, it was for my family. Yes. Same with me. It, it It's difficult to, to like do it for yourself. I have also done that. So have you. We have both done that right. too. But yep. there is something easier for standing up and breaking it and like drawing a line in the sand because someone you love is being mistreated. Yes, exactly. And it, 
I, when I say easier, I don't mean it's easy. It's awful because it, I know if, speaking for myself and I'll, I think I'll speak for you here too. You can correct me. It means that in some people's version of the story, we're the villains. Yes. <laughs> yes. hundred <laughs> percent. But like, and that's hard. I mean, for me personally, that was one of the first hurdles I had to get over was being okay with being the bad guy. Yes. It's sort of like a, a release of control in a way. Yes. Right. Cause you're because, not controlling the narrative. Yeah. And other people are going to tell the story in a way that, you know, you broke this up or you let down this person or you didn't do the thing. You broke your parents' heart because you didn't, go into that field or whatever the example, right? right? Like the story will be told with you as the bad guy, but here's the thing. I have heard those stories told to me with the generational pattern breaker as the bad guy. And I clock it every time. I, I hope that most people do. I think we're getting to the point where people are starting to clock it. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. It really, first of all, if somebody's talking shit about somebody else, and I don't just mean like venting to your friend, right? Like the times right. I mark up with Jamie because some human has crossed me and they've annoyed me or something. Like I'm not talking about that. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. I'm talking about when you are out to like slander somebody. You're talking about, right. you know, so and so and saying they're this and they're that and they did this and how dare they? Like I'm saying it though when I hear somebody doing that. I'm like, I, I think you're the bad guy instantly. You can tell when someone's trying to create a narrative in a story, it's not just like complaining or venting. You can tell they're, they're framing out this vision that they want you to have for someone. Exactly. When a generational curse breaker is talking about the people they broke from, you can hear in their story you hear it. You can tell because they don't tell the story of like this person wronged me and this person sucked. The way they talk about it is just like, yeah, in some sort of framing, they say something like this person was toxic or this person wasn't allowing us to feel the way that we want to feel or weren't accepting us for this. Or every time we were around them, we were feeling bad. That's the kind of language used. It's right. not... It's not like that person is evil. I mean, I think we all think that, but we don't talk like that. People who are being like, this person is a jerk for these 25 reasons. And they're just saying it like clock that because that's, that's, that's that's like an alarm bell going off for me. Like, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just like to, to sort of close this by saying, if you are this person, it's really hard and you, I think that you signed up in your life to face a lot of abandonment and rejection. And I think it's probably (laughs) abandonment or rejection is probably your main ego fear. See our episode on that. If you don't know what we're talking about, but so you're constantly facing the thing that scares your ego the most, but it sucks. It's terrible. Right. But you're also constantly growing. Yeah, and it it's just a weird it you end up feeling like you're in these weird predicaments. It like you're doing the right thing, you know you're doing the right thing, but you're not being perceived that way. So it's like you're you're sort of constantly always recalibrating like like you're always assessing, reassessing like am I doing the right thing? How does this feel? Is this the right thing, you know? And I and actually actually Heather, you wanted me to bring this up, so I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> this is my closing note as the as the cycle breaker, as the black sheep, as the misfit, as the whatever you want to call it, the one thing that I've realized, and I don't know if this will make people feel better or worse, but I've realized that the parts of me that people see and they note as being too much or too radical or too loud or too whatever, right? That I get pegged and categorized. I know there are a lot of people in my life that like me that even love me, but they see me as being this sort of like, almost like out of bounds, like, wow, Jamie's really like loud about these certain things. Jamie's really like sort of radicalized about these certain things. And I feel that from them. They don't know that, but I feel that from them. I know they see me that way. Mm -hmm. I've realized now at doing this for a while, 
that that's actually what makes me a safe space for them. Isn't that so freaking frustrating? It's like the, it's the most frustrating thing because it's like, I've felt you, even if just in your mind, I felt you labeling me as other, not maybe not ostracizing might not be, that might be too extreme, but I know that you've been categorizing me as like too much as other, but then when you the T-O-O word, if you're adding that to me, yes. I know, I know that that's how you're labeling me, but, but then when you need something, when you need help with something, when you need to start breaking your own patterns, when I like, when you're coming to me about how do I deal with this? I don't know what's going on. And I know that you're going to have a good answer to this. Help me, please. I'm like, Oh, you were tracking me as other, you were tracking me as too much, but you also know that I can help you. Yeah. And the thing that I know to be true about you is that you do help them. Same. And you do too. That's what we all, we're we're generational pattern breakers. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. But isn't it such a freaking kick in the pants? (laughs) Yes. Yes. But then there's also sort of being like, you know, there's a little, I do have this little like sort of like, like bad guy villain moment where I'm like, you finally have, you finally noticed just how powerful I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think people who are powerful in this example that you're giving, like people look at you and they say like, that's a powerful woman who has puts up, lives her life according to how she sees it. And she's not afraid to vocalize it. That's a rare thing, especially when they see you as kind Right. When you see a woman in particular who is both kind and compassionate and also intelligent and powerful and like not and political about it and people can't walk all over her. People don't know what to do with you. They don't know which category to put you in because apparently women can only be one or the other. Right. 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 So they they they're like, oh, my goodness. And you living outside of the boxes makes the other people think about how they aren't how they're not intuitive. They're not listening to themselves. You know, I've, I said to you recently, the reason why we don't fit into any box is because we're too intuitive to just do something the way everyone else does. We have to do it the way we do. Right. Right. That freaks people out because it really puts them face to face with something that they lack. Right. They're not doing, they're not doing that. Yeah. But the thing is that like, if it doesn't, not all of us need to be that. You, if you just appreciated the people who were that way and loved them for that, when you needed them, sought them and allowed them to do that. And then just like allowed yourself to be amazing in the ways that you are, we'd be fine. But because right. it's so repressed in our culture, people see it and crave it. And, and they either have to like, like do the moth to the flame thing <laughs> where they become kind of obsessed or right. they have, that's why some of these people take advantage and become like cult leaders, right? Because they have that quality or you can be like, okay, I'll show up and help you that. Like if we just sort of created space for everyone to just be who they are, this wouldn't happen. So it's, it's just something that falls on the shoulders of the generational pattern breakers. And, you know, in my family, I am that, but I'm not necessarily the bad guy for it. Like, no, you're not right. There's there. I have, being who I am and standing for what I stand for, I have had people who are related to me not want to talk to me anymore. And that's fine. So right. whatever, that is what it is. But also, like, I remember when I sort of like came out of the broom closet, the amount of people in my family older than me that came up to me and thanked me and said they were that way too, but never wanted to tell anybody was ridiculous on both yeah. sides family. So like, it's also freeing to like, you're not always vilified for it is my point. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. But I just, I I don't, I don't say that as like, Oh, look at us. We're so powerful. Like having ourselves in the back. I I mean, I am a little bit. Yes. But I also think that (laughs) again, if you're listening to this podcast in this episode in particular, you've had those moments where you've had to sort of ping pong between like being vilified and then being the go-to person and then being the safe space, but then having people roll their eyes at you or, or ostracize you. So it's like, if you're feeling that, just know that as long as you're confident and secure in the way that the choices you're making and the way you're behaving, it's all going to 
flush out at the end. It yes, it's like it's the weird thing where you're like it gets better. It really does. Right. You're you're not going to have a life of like everyone loving you. If no. that like no, but you if you've come this far in life, you probably have already realized that's not going to happen for you. <laughs> exactly. It's impossible. No, there are people like that. I see I used to be very envious of those people who could be friends with everyone and like everyone loved and had like big circles of friends and could just sort of like chameleon themselves into whatever group they were and just fit right in and talk to those people. I know people like that. I am friends with people like that. I think I used to want to be that so badly, but there's, I'm the opposite of that. I'm kind of like, I always say like, I see those people as water. They can just sort of flow down the channel and, you know, be the shape of whatever container they're in, but I'm fire and I can't help, but just destroy and just, and like re, break something down to change it, no matter what I'm doing, even when I'm pretending it doesn't work. So whatever thing you are is okay. And, but if you're the curse breaker and you've been trying to jam yourself into these boxes that you don't fit in and you're shaming yourself, like, why can't I just go along with the way that everyone else does things? We just want you to hear right now that it's, it's because you're amazing is why. Right. And, and that your purpose is to help fix things and heal things. Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard work. And you're going to curse up at the sky about it a lot. I say to yep. Jamie on a weekly basis, why did I sign up for so many? <laughs> why did I don't know if I pre-signed up, but I think I was like, you know what? I could probably handle a lot of them. So exactly. if, if you say that, feel that way, if you are the person who's always calling bullshit on things, that's, that's just who you are. And it's just because you're highly intuitive and keep being it, keep going, keep listening to yourself. You, you deserve to live a life surrounded by people who make you feel good and not around the people who don't. It doesn't matter if they're blood related, related by marriage. You know, you've been friends for 25 years. It does not matter. It's okay. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Let's go have some coffee and continue breaking all these patterns and curses, but we're going to need some caffeine if we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, we have to do it caffeinated. Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.